everyone, welcome back to my, no, not everyone, I'm, we're Plutonians now, sorry. <laughs> Hello my fellow Plutonians, welcome back to my channel and welcome to the very first episode of my brand new podcast. Before I forget, I do want to give a shout out to a subscriber or a viewer, I'm not sure if they're subscribed, who actually suggested the word Plutonian. I would not have thought about it before. I believe you pronounce their name as M Cheetah or Muk Cheetah, I'm not sure, but thank you so much for your suggestion because it's the one that I actually ended up going with. So, of course, you can see here that I am not alone and I have a co-host, as I stated in my last video. You want to introduce yourself or should I do it? <laughs> uh, you introduce me. This is Zach, my co-host, not only for the podcast, but he also happens to be my co-host in life. So... <laughs> That's the one you went with. Um, oh, gosh. So, before you close out and say, ew, I hate couple podcasts, it's not gonna be that way. I'm not a PDA person. We're not gonna shove it in your faces that we're a couple. We're just co-hosts for the purpose of this podcast. It's very convenient. We're very like-minded. And we live together. So, it makes sense. Um, Zach is actually very important and integral to my youtube journey because he encouraged me he was my and still is my number one fan and um he really encouraged me to start last year when i was at a difficult spot in terms of being really disenchanted with my career and so he was you know he's the one who likes all my videos first and watches all my videos and he's my number one fan and i'm really happy that he's agreed to join me on this new venture and I hope you guys get to know each other. And yeah, it could be a, the start of something great. I mean, it's like, who would say no to sitting down with someone and just chatting with them, especially if it's someone they like, especially if it's someone that they like enough to live with. So, <laughs> you know, it's like... Well, I'm glad you like me. Well, I'm, Anyways. I'm trying not to make it lovey-dovey. I know, okay? I know. Zach's more the romantic. I'm the ew feelings. No. <laughs> Um, so, of course, initially the plan for this episode was not going to be centered on the appeal, on Johnny's appeal, because I didn't know whether the result, the judgment was going to be out. But we all know now that on Thursday it was out. We all know the outcome. And it would be strange for me to just stick to my original plan, which was to focus on more of the Meghan Markle Oprah interview, because I've changed my mind entirely about her, by the way. And I couldn't just ignore the, the appeal. And it also makes sense because we're going to get into this later at some point, but Zach himself, I mean, would you say you were... Well, as the, uh, the old YouTube would say, uh, because of censorship, uh, I've had experience directly with S.A. from a woman. So, uh, yeah, it hits home. Like, the Johnny stuff... As much as we're in different hemispheres, it, yeah, it, when he loses something or when something doesn't work in his favor, I feel it really deep down. So, yeah, uh, the, hearing the the uh, the initial judgment and the appeal and all of that, it was just it was it was horrendous because I know what it's like to be on the other side of that and to have essentially the world go, well, you're a man, so she can get away with it, which is. I don't need to tell you. Not right. All right. So like I said on my Patreon, and I believe I said so on Twitter as well, I won't be 
delving into the legal analysis aspect for the podcast because the purpose of this podcast is to be very laid back and to make it as though you're just sitting in with us in our living room and we're having a chat about meaningful topics not just as i said i'm not going to talk about gossip and drama we're still going to talk about things that matter but you'll get to hear the point of view of a male and someone else someone with different life experiences and most importantly with regards to johnny's case someone who's lived it someone who's actually been in a much smaller scale in terms of publicity in johnny's shoes i mean at the same time there's also your own opinions because i know that when you're doing your videos in your style you're very much keeping to the facts and you remove your opinion from it as long as well whenever possible um so it's going to be interesting i think for some people to hear what you have to say about certain matters from your own personal beliefs yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be a very different format. It's I know with my law videos, I sit down, I just give it to you straight, and I'm off. Like, bye. It's going to be different here. We're going to elaborate. We're going to expand, and you'll get to see more to me than just the lawyer spouting the law at you. So if you see me looking away at my laptop, it's just that I'm monitoring the gain. Zach is very soft-spoken, and I am a loud person, so I'm just concerned that his microphone isn't picking up as much. But I'm sure it's fine. I mean, he's an audio guru, so I'm I sure. could hear it before. It's not much different to how you you'd record. But as an audio guru, I am kind of proud of you that you're monitoring game levels. <laughs> Having said that, I will continue with my usual video format as well. So I'm not just abandoning that style. And I will be making one dedicated to looking at the appeal judgment. Now, I have read it yesterday. It's actually really short. And I made notes which I can refer to today, but again, I want to keep it at a general level discussion, not a legal analysis per se, because of the fact that I'm a lawyer, a few tidbits will slip in here and then, but we're gonna, it's, it's, it's a back and forth. So you purposely haven't been completely in the loop when it comes to Johnny's case. Do you want to explain why you've kind of distanced yourself from the facts? I mean, the short answer is it hurts. It I physically feel it inside of me when he presents something that is so obviously evidence, yet you have obviously, you know, being skeptical of things and understanding that, you know, certain things will have multiple points of view with every piece of evidence. But when it's hard evidence, when it is actually proof and people just go, Oh, but it's a woman, so you can get away with it. I've been there, and not just in, not just with one woman. I'm sure that, you know, anyone could think of a time in the last month in their own lives where someone's gotten away with something just because they don't have something between their legs. And I don't think that has ever been right. And I know that people will say, yeah, but guys get away with things all the time. When it comes to a court of law, when it comes to, how serious accusations of violence of uh sa of anything like that comes it's as if we might as well not be represented that's how it is uh i can't think of i mean you know i hope someone can show me but i can't think of off the top of my head one um successful uh case against a against a woman that won that wasn't about pedophilia that wasn't clearly a 
you know, a teacher taking advantage of a student, just anything where it's like, okay, well, here is a fully grown male, an adult, and he took a woman to court and he won. I can't think of one. I hope someone can, you know, shed light on that and be like, oh, there was this one case and then I'll feel better about the world. Yeah, no, there's definitely um, just a, a huge problem. And Johnny and Johnny's actually the poster child. I mean, he's not a child, but he's the face of male victims of DV, you know, whether he likes it or not. And I've said this a lot of times. It's it's just undeniable that there is a huge problem in society. And by the way, when we say SA, in case anyone's not um, aware of what we mean, it's, well, you know, the confidential allegations that Amber is making against Johnny that we're unaware of, that nature. So that word is S-A. So I didn't know it a few days, like maybe a couple of weeks ago. That's why I'm just um, making sure everyone else is on board. So... I mean, you were there and you saw how I reacted when not only on Thursday when he lost the appeal, but when he lost the actual trial. Yeah, um, <laughs> I remember uh, thinking to myself, obviously, I was just sitting there, you know, minding my business and then hearing that because I think a lot of people were surprised that such a well presented case because it could just be thrown out like that. But it just goes to show, well, you know, especially with the judge, you know, it's like if you if you mentioned, oh, an older man giving a younger woman, you know, an extra leeway. Well, we've all been there before, but I also remember the emergency tech setup for the live stream you did as well. That was- Oh, yes. Um, the live stream I did with Les and Shelby Sue and Stevie J. Raw. It was amazing. I had lots of fun. And Zach was actually my audio guy and my tech guy. And it's not that I don't know how to do it, but when it comes to audio in particular, because there were some connectivity issues, Zach was Zach saved the night that time. So you guys have him to thank for the fact that I was even involved. <laughs> well, I mean, I, something that uh, people learn about you very quickly is that you strive for independence. You don't want to be dependent on people. And so for the most part, it's hard for me to actually interject and be like, hey, I want, just let me do the tech stuff. I can, I can help because you are essentially a one woman show most of the time, except for uh, the occasional thing where it's just a matter of, I guess I've just been, you know, in the dredges of audio. Yeah. Naturally with. I wasn't even in the right headspace that night. I was so upset. You know, I, this is the thing with this podcast, I guess you'll see the more human side of me because I don't emote, especially when it comes to filming my videos. And I'm not, I don't express my emotions in front of people. Zach will be the first to tell you that. But that night, you know, behind the scenes, I, I was, I was uh, not distraught, but just incredibly angry and, and in shock. And we were, I remember we were in the car on Thursday when, because yeah. it was late at night, not late, but late-ish, when the appeal decision came out. And I knew it, and which I will now delve into because I did make mention, I believe, again on Twitter that I saw this coming. I just didn't want to say it out loud. I saw it coming. So it wasn't as much of a shock and it wasn't as much of a... I, I literally yelled out, no, 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 when he lost the initial trial. I was just like, no, I, I couldn't believe it. This time it was more like, no, like, why did I have to be right? By the way, 
Um, the cupcakes in the room, instead of saying the elephant in the room, I, I made these in kind of celebration of starting off this podcast, and Zach and I got greedy and ate two that are missing. So um, I mean, is it greedy when you eat something fresh out of the oven? I Just guess. we had to know that would be. Well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Taste test. Um, I felt weird making them after johnny's loss but then we just decided it's it's still something to celebrate starting off this new venture and who's gonna say no no to cupcakes right i mean i don't know not many people (laughs) i mean it's gonna be really hard to make sure there are still cupcakes on there after this podcast (laughs) oh i don't know i'll get i'll get sick of all that frosting oh i I knew that (laughs) i was talking about me (laughs) um right so the appeal so i saw it coming based off the two-hour hearing i watched it live and um again it's something that zach was in the background aware of what's going on but maintaining a distance because it gets to you too much yeah both is in it's it was really it is always hard to hear again that it it's as if it's happening to me and it yeah i just can't the only way i can get away from it is by not listening yeah so a lot of you um, on Patreon, because I was not on Twitter at that time, expressed to me that you felt bad about it. And you were asking me how I felt. And in my video that I made summarizing what happened, I told you that I didn't know what was going to happen, which is the truth. You never know. Sometimes you can have a bad feeling and you're wrong. But unfortunately, this wasn't one of those times. So I really had a sense of dread as I watched the hearing and listened to the judge's questions. I could tell from their questions they weren't convinced. And Mr. Caldecott, as I said in my other video, he tried his best. This is Johnny's uh, barrister. He tried his best. He really did. He was quick on his feet. And uh, as I said, he's a QC. He's Queen's counsel. He knows what he's doing. But it just seems that the British legal system is not willing to accept the censorship not censorship it's not even censorship but putting their tabloids in line do you think that it's part of free speech for tabloids to be able to say whatever they want absolutely not i think that it's probably a lot of and i have no proof for this obviously but one can imagine that we've learned a lot about the relationship between say the royal family and the tabloids um recently and um, there's obviously a lot of handshakes and a lot of um, under-the-table deals and agreements that happen. And so, yeah, while the press have always had too much power on this side of things, I think this is the good thing about um, social media and YouTube and the platforms that now we have. Um, most people shouldn't be getting their information from you know, here in Australia, five sources. We have five free-to-air channels. And if you were only getting your information from them, three of them are absolute garbage. Um, my own personal opinion. I won't uh, I won't say which ones, but if any of you are Australian, you can probably guess which ones I'm referring to. Um, and I wouldn't, I, you know, if someone paid me to watch them, I wouldn't watch them. If you're getting your information from those sorts of things, um, then well, you wouldn't be watching this podcast probably. But uh, it's it's a monopoly. Well, it used to be a monopoly. And with the decline of TV and the decline of tabloids and magazines, you know, 
the last time I was in a supermarket and I didn't roll my eyes at seeing something written on a magazine yeah. was uh, it's never happened. It's yeah. never happened where I walked in and went, Hey, that's something I wanted to know. Yeah. But there are still people buying them. There are still people getting their information as long as the people are giving them money. And as long as you have, uh, an institution set up, I guess before the turn of the century, you, were. Uh, I mean, how do you take down the media? How do you stop them from lying and cheating their way out of anything? Um, I think part of the problem is that we speak about the media on a broad sense. Mm. We don't talk about the media as one person or a group of people. The reason it's easy for people to attack celebrities is because that's an individual. But the media, well, where do you start? Yeah. Do you start with a publication? Do you start with... Uh, a channel it's a very it, that's a very long-winded way of saying until we dethrone them they will always have too much power and then the problem is they will scream and shout freedom of expression if you ever try to fight fight back which is what uh a very similar thing that that happens when you tell people they're being racist uh or when you tell people they're being sexist and uh you know we see it where people go well i mean should you say that racist slur and then someone who whether they just want to say whatever they want or whether they actually believe they're racist superior um i'm i'm thinking you know well actually i shouldn't i shouldn't point fingers but you know everyone knows that person who's a little too racist and as soon as you said Hey, how dare you? They would point to a constitution. Yeah. And it would be it that's the end of the argument. Well, where's the line between free speech and allowing people to lie? Yeah, exactly. That's why defamation laws exist. And so it's almost like there's no point in having defamation laws because if well, maybe there's a point if a private individual defames you. But as soon as it's a media outlet, then Basically, this case can be used as an example of, well, the media media succeeded in this case. Why shouldn't the rest of the cases fail in the future? So basically, why can't other, you know, it's gonna, it's basically going to set this dangerous precedent of defamation claims are bound to fail. Because you know how in the law, uh, precedent is set in common law in the UK, here in Australia as well, old cases determine how newer cases are decided and can you imagine how many other subsidiaries of not just ngn but associated newspapers all of these tabloids will keep referring to dep versus ngn as precedent for why the media should win this is the problem and johnny's team have actually made this point very clear to the court of appeal which they rejected which is Accepting this outcome will damage not just Johnny. It, the radius, the blast radius, I suppose, is going to be global. Or let's maybe not be dramatic. It's the entirety of the UK, which is bound by the law in the UK. So, Which is still too much. The fact that a country, the fact that a country, you statistically, by being in the UK, will have less of a chance of winning a defamation claim against the media just because well 
because of a corrupt judge. Yeah. I mean, I know well, that I know that people aren't saying corrupt. But we don't know. Allegedly. We allegedly don't know that he's corrupt. corrupt. Um, I, I made... You guys know I made a video about that. We... In terms of his friendships with, with the lawyers involved, I explained multiple times that legal circles can be quite small and it's not out of the norm for a judge to be friendly with barristers and maybe when he was back, you know, back in his barrister days, they were used to work together. So that's not enough. And I went through the guidelines with everyone. So basically it's not abnormal to have some kind of a friendship, but people are alleging that his son worked. Well, not alleging proof came out that his own son worked kind of as a guest contributor, not a full-time employee of NGN, which is the defendant. And so some people are arguing, well, of course, that's a bias because he'd be worried about his son's future, about the career. You know, if, if his if his son loses his job with NGN, a huge um, corporation, then how can he guarantee that his son will get another job in the media? You know what I mean? So but all of this is still it's not solid. And I think the issue that I have with people's insistence that um, Mr. Justice Nickel is biased is the fact that Johnny's team never brought it up. So they may have known about yeah. these connections, and I keep telling people that, and they may have decided to proceed regardless, which, of course, will raise a lot of issues in the future if they decide to bring this up. So, oh, he's biased. Well, you knew he was, though. Why didn't you bring it up earlier before the trial? The irony is that the way to uncover a bias or someone so high up would be an investigative journalist. Mm. which there are way too few of because we have, again, NGN and other medias portraying themselves as investigative journalists. I mean, (laughs) a current affairs investigation, 60 minutes investigation. It's like, okay. 60 minutes did a horrible piece on Johnny and Amber. And that's just it. And why did they do that? Uh, that's not an investigation. You probably went on the internet, you know, you Mm. probably looked up all your sources and, it's just, it blows my mind. It, but that's the irony of it, is that we need investive, investigative journalists to investigate the very people that should be employing investigative journalists, the people that should be finding stories and shouldn't be silencing stories just because of whether they fall on the side of a government or because, I don't know, a government doesn't want information getting out. For whatever reason we find ourselves in a situation where, you know, at what we see on free-to-air TV is um, diluted. I mean, there's even this personal experience I had recently. A lot of you will already know about this. Zach knows. It's that article, the reporter. Who, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just going to give you a really simple example of how these reporters outright lie even about things like age and nationality. Can I have a cupcake while you tell the story? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and by the way, whenever one of us eats, we're going to mute the mic. We're not about that chewing sound. So don't worry about that. Um, let me just get a plate. Yeah, math sounds are weird. One of those leftover Halloween plates from last year? That was good. That was a lovely party. I wish we could do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I actually day. shared those photos on Twitter so they know about it. When I was the Mad Hatter. Um, so what was I saying? I forgot. You were Oh, yeah, the article. Yeah. In that, I'm not going to link it. I'm not going to name it. I'm not going to name the reporter. If you know, you know. I don't want to give her and her article any more um, exposure. But she assumed. So she said a, lo- a, a U.S. lawyer based in Australia. When did I ever say 
that I was an American citizen. You can scour the entirety of the entirety of the internet and you will never catch me once saying that I'm a citizen of the US simply because I'm not. Investigative journalists, everyone. And she just put it up. She never asked me, where are you from? You know, she did say, oh, so are you from Australia or did you live? And I, I responded with, I live there. Never once saying, no, I'm a US citizen, but I now live in Australia. So she entirely made that up. And she just put it out there in her, in her article willy nilly. Like it's fact. And everyone out there who doesn't know anything about me because I do uh, keep everything about me private as far as possible will assume I'm this American person living in Australia. I'm not American. Quite frankly, it's no one's business what my background is. All you need to know is I live in Australia. Clearly, I serve in the Australian army, which means I'm an Australian citizen for all intents and purposes. And that's all you need to know. But to go out there and lie. So something so stupid and small. Imagine what else these reporters make up. And then people who read these things just take it in as fact. So that's, it was, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. They don't even bother fact checking stupid things like where someone's from and how old they are. So anyways, I opened up my, my notes that I made on the judgment, the appeal judgment. And again, I'm not going to do this in detail, but I just want to talk about a few things. They really focused on this concept of both this is actually a really good point to bring up the court of appeal basically went along the lines of what if both johnny and amber mistreated each other so what if they were both perpetrators that wouldn't make her allegations or the or not her ngn's allegations defamatory because just because the two of them were bad that doesn't mean that amber's allegations were not true so what do you think of that? I think the fact that we're even considering the fact that one party presented evidence and the other party presented nothing or whatever they presented could easily be dismissed and thrown out. And the only reason that we are even making this decision is based on gender is I think it's absurd because you know what, if it was the other way around, we, we wouldn't bat an eyelid before throwing someone behind bars if it was a criminal case or before throwing the case out. It's, the, I mean, the only reason it's really gone on for this long is because of the way the genders are. Uh, so, you know, if it was, if it was a man mistreating a woman, then we wouldn't bat an eyelid, throw them in jail. That's the end of it. See you later. Obviously, this is a defamation case, not a criminal case. Yeah. But as soon as we switch the roles, suddenly we're, again, looking for scapegoats. Mm. Because she's a woman. For no other reason than because she's a woman. Yeah. And that is... It's disgusting. It really is. It, uh, it again, makes me burn inside. It's hard to You've not get angry. You've actually fared better than Johnny. We will get into a brief discussion about what Zach was involved in as a victim of um, a female perpetrator. He actually, his situation was actually better than Johnny. That's how bad Johnny's situation is. Uh, because in your part, at least the police really did, you know, they took action against her. But you make an excellent point. It's, it's almost like they're grasping at straws. Yes. It's, yes. It's, they, they just refuse to accept the possibility that a man did nothing in terms of 
physical mistreatment, as she alleges, to them it's impossible to think of a gentle man who would not lay a finger on, on his wife. It has to be, oh, well, you both must have done it. It's either you did it, Johnny, or the two of you did it. It can't just be her. And to quote you, I will also say, um, ah, let me just filter it out in my head first. Um, you've often said that um, verbal mistreatment can be just as bad and in some cases worse than physical mistreatment. Emotional. Yeah. There's emotional, emotional. Which I in- entirely agree with. Mm-hmm. I think that the psychological impacts of uh, what some people will do to manipulate others, whether it be in a relationship or friendships or in the business world or wherever it is, there are psychological traumas that can... It's hard, you know, to someone who hasn't been a victim or hasn't seen it with their own two eyes might think it's a little far-fetched, but psychological trauma is a serious thing. Absolutely. Um, and... So just to clarify, I I noticed that people put physical mistreatment on the topmost along with sexual and then they kind of downplay emotional and psychological mistreatment. And I've been subjected to psychological mistreatment and uh, growing up, for example, I was disciplined physically, not not in any way that's uh, criminal, but yeah. you know. If you're and, a 90s kid and all the 80s, you know, the yeah, we're, usual. We're 90s. Um, we're yeah. 90s children. And yeah, back in the day, your parents could kind of, you know, put you back in line without it being criminal. Now, of course, I'm not condoning physically mistreating your child. I'm just saying that, you know, a little spank, you know, you can't, in my opinion, maybe... Everyone's got different parenting styles. We're not parents. We have no plans on being parents. <laughs> Thank goodness. But we, we love our parents. We don't feel that we've been mistreated by them, if you catch my drift, simply because they've decided to discipline us every once in a while, especially in our younger years. So my point being, I've experienced both forms of mistreatment, and I know that one of them, psychological, can be even worse than the physical. I'm not saying that it's always worse. I'm just saying that I think they are subjective and some people may think that physical is just, that's it. That's the line. That's what's unacceptable to me. Psychological is on the same par. That's basically what I'm trying to say. I think psychological is the norm. I think that if you actually look at and see, this is the thing. If you could measure psychological uh, mistreatment, uh, you would find that, you know, I feel like it's more long lasting. It's not just long lasting, but who would be the statistical perpetrator? Mm. It would at the very least be down the middle. And where we look at... Oh, you mean it's more gender balanced? I'm saying down the middle because I don't have any numbers to back it up. And because obviously I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to draw a line or, um, you know, because I'm everyone at some point has been a victim of this, uh, from both sides. But you know, when we talk about that, it's as if we just let that slide. You're saying it's being normalized. It's being normalized. It is normalized. normalized. It's hidden. Um, because it often happens in, um, it, you know, at home. Uh, but you know, then if we're looking at that, we also see that, okay, well, if they're equally guilty 
Why are they not equally treated? Mm. And then we come back to physical and it's like, well, if they're equally guilty, why are they not equally treated? At the end of the day, it kind of puts a hole in the, the thought of, okay, well, you know, men rule the world when it comes to, as soon as you hit the courtroom, they don't. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as you look at a man and he's the victim, Mm. suddenly, oh, he's tough. He should just take it. Oh, you know what? He should just, you know, brush it off. I mean, even as far as in my particular situation, you know, someone that I would consider close at the time telling me it was my fault. And he was much older. This man was like almost... Well, he's like 13, 14 years older than us. And um, the first person he, he that, was someone you went to be, for guidance. Yeah, he was the first person I went to after that, after the incident. And I was told it was my fault. Yeah. Where would you tell a woman that? Well, people do. I will be fair. Oh, of course. Oh, look of what course. she's wearing. Look where she's walking. But it's quite e- like that is seen as a horrible thing to, to do say to a woman, but yes. then if you say it to a man whatever he's a man he can take it why should men have to put up with any sort of mistreatment why because i don't think anyone should i think that mm. that should be a global standard don't mistreat people yeah but unfortunately the court of law in different countries sees that differently yeah and i also want to make one more point just to clear myself up because i know the internet can really take something and run with it there are levels of physical mistreatment that do take the cake. Yes. You know what I mean? They are the worst of the worst. We're not talking about the We're extreme. We're not talking about the extreme. Absolutely. Be- because they would no doubt be criminal. Although, I will say that, uh, you know, Jodi Arias, yeah, that, was a, that was a case, wasn't it? Jodi Arias. Yeah, but she, she got what was coming to her. She though. did. She did, absolutely. Yeah. But I'm sure And she that- had a female judge. Ah, well. It's worth noting she had a female judge. Well, I wonder what would have happened. I wonder if she would be free today if yeah. she had a male judge. I really do wonder that myself. Because I said this in my last uh, video, the video where I announced the podcast. I said, you know, the fact that a female judge has now been appointed to the Virginia case might be a good thing. Because females are on to each other. Especially middle-aged women. They, um, I don't know. I feel like they're on to each other. They're very clued in when it comes to other women. They've wisened up. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we, females have this bullshit detector with each other. Things that a man would not see and a girl's like, how could you not see that? <laughs> it happens a lot with we, us. We've had that yeah. before. I, I count it as a blessing that I have you to guide me through the sea of people just looking to take advantage of you. Well, for, for, for me, to be fair, it's not just females. I, no, I don't single not. them out. I, I do kind of, I, I take after my dad in this regard. I, I, I do really do have a very, um, I suppose, accurate bullshit detector. No matter what the, the gender of the person is, I can suss people out pretty quick. And Zach is a very naive and trusting person. And I'm not. So I do find that I have to protect him in I, that way. I was a naive and trusting person. I like to think I've made some development in the years since I've met you. I don't know. <laughs> Time will tell, I guess. I don't know. I'd like to think I made some development and then just this look of, hmm. Well, you're covering that's what the lava lamp. I love the lava lamp. Maybe next time I'll put it somewhere else. I told yeah. him today when we were setting up, I was like, make sure the lava lamp is in the shot. I just love that thing. <laughs> Anyways, um, 
Oh, gosh. What else? Let's look at my notes. So, yeah. So, that was their number one thing. And they they made this in their judgment. They said in their judgment, it was, if anything, it was mutual. So, it's official now. That's what they think. I'd like to also add, the irony is that we say we live in a man's world. We say that we, that uh, men are in charge. And so, basically, that's when, when a male judge makes a, a judgment in favor of a woman who's clearly guilty and he does it because because you know he finds her attractive um should i just eat away from it maybe i'll just eat away from it and i'll I'll mute the camera camera i'll mute the microphone if it's loud it's not a problem it's uh 34 on the dot um the irony is that he doesn't see how that's further ruining because he's he's setting the standard for that you know i guess in the case of this judge nichols it, um referring back to the original judgment yeah by being a man in power and making the wrong decision which is clearly wrong by anyone who was following the case uh he if his let's say that one of his children was to be a victim mm, by a, a woman yeah he has indirectly sabotaged that case. Mm-hmm. So he is hoping that his son doesn't suffer the same thing for some sort of karma or fate that, you know, that doesn't swing around and hit him right in the ass again. But, you know, at the same time, it's hard. To, it, I can feel sorry for his son, but I certainly wouldn't feel sorry for him. He's, he made his bed. So that's the unfortunate thing about that. But I guess we need to move on to the next note. I do after I get a napkin because I'm a baby and I don't know how to eat. You uh, ate it. Where are the napkins? Mm, I'm back there. I'll go get them. I, that's the thing. When you're eating, when you're messy when you're eating, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Obviously, there's baby mess, but. Do you want one too? No, I'm good. I, I <laughs> yeah, didn't actually manage. Yeah. Well, obviously, I wasn't enjoying it as much because I, if you don't make a mess, are you really enjoying it? It's yummy. I love frosting. I'm you've, one of those. Um, blue on my lips. Blue on your lips. Well, mm. on your lips, um, mostly, yeah, kind of on the. Where's my phone? I can use that as a mirror. Anyways, so yeah, that was the first point they made. Very disappointed at that. Oh, I see it. No, it's actually in my lips. Okay, like, I can't okay. do anything about it. No, that's fine. I think that I have a blue tongue now, and so do you. I just didn't tell you. If you've made it 36 <laughs> minutes into the podcast, you at least know why her mouth is blue. Yeah. Um. Let me put that away so it's not in the shot and I'll messy. I'll probably have another one. You will? I definitely have another one, yeah. I'm all sugared out. Maybe I'll have another one later. I say that. I'm always like, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to have another one. And then I always end up having another one. Um, okay, next point. So, oh, <laughs> this one, this one I took great issue with. Now, I will have to give Zach the background because, as I said, he's kind of distanced himself from this. And let me just make a quick note of something as well while I'm here. So, in the middle of the trial, initially when she, you know when you, how you give your, you know this, you give your statement months before, sometimes even years before you eventually go to court. Yep. She gave her statement about this certain incident in March 2013, and it was the one incident, she said. And she knows it was the one incident on the 8th of March because it was so traumatizing that it would never, she would never forget about it, and it really stands out to her. When Johnny and his team found evidence to contradict what she said, 
really cold hard evidence i believe it was photographic evidence she then in the middle of the trial she and her sister amend their evidence they amend their witness statement and they say actually it was multiple events in march we just got it mixed up i'm boiling just hearing this wait that's not it judge mr justice nickel buys that even though johnny's team very aptly point out they're literally making it up as they go along in the middle of the trial the judge goes no it's very plausible that she was highly traumatized and she just couldn't remember the court of appeal stood behind him on that i would say it's very plausible that judge nichols is compromised and should have his entire retirement fund revoked it should have his pension his pension send it back because honestly if I, a five-year-old can see why that was corrupt. Yeah. It's it's the worst... It's one of the worst judgments in recent times. And now the Court of Appeal is backing him up. That's my problem. I feel like the Court of Appeals just doesn't want to do anything. I feel like to them, it's just, oh, okay, well, it's a newspaper and it's a newspaper that we happen to have friends in. And well, again, let me, allegedly... Let me be fair. Let me explain generally how the Court of Appeal handles uh, appeals. So basically... They don't like to interfere with findings of fact. So if a judge, a trial judge, finds that something did happen, they don't like to interfere with that. What they like to interfere with or what they're comfortable interfering with is errors of law. So when a judge misapplies a law to the facts. So what they're saying here is what Johnny's asking them to do is find that the judge made errors of fact. So he made mistakes in the fact-finding phase, which is true. He did. Entirely so. And again, Zach's not very clued in on this, but he basically took everything, he took her for her word, ignored all the supporting evidence against her. Almost. all of it. Almost as if his mind was already made up. Hmm, that's suspicious. That's, that's exactly how it came across. Yeah, that's very suspicious. I mean, what is... Uh, I hope someone who is... Uh, maybe you can even help me with this. Um, what is the procedure for um, resigning a judge when he crosses the line like this? Oh, well, I was asked that question. It's actually... You know, they have to be disciplined and it has to be quite serious. Oh, they get warnings. I suppose they're very self-managed so judges manage each other and that's the number one recipe for corruption i mean you might as well let toddlers manage each other in a preschool what's the difference well isn't it like the aviation company the kind of company the aviation industry i remember us watching this recently they were deregulated and suddenly that's when the prices went up and the economy became smaller and smaller and i've got another example actually how about uh the asrb that's in charge of uh counting well, well in charge of regulating the video games industry and ratings board right mm. and they don't want any violence in certain video games and they don't want any anything sexual or anything like that mm. but the moment it's gambling and it can make them money yeah and that is Children. something that is something where the esrb is i believe again someone please correct me if i've got this wrong but it's it's almost like the games industry regulating themselves and so the the argument has been you know, amongst those who actually want the right thing and don't want children gambling in sports games. The argument has been, if we don't pull our act in and regulate ourselves properly, the government will step in. And now we've seen that. We're seeing governments all around the world mm. step in and go, 
that's okay, Electronic Arts. If you want to have gambling in your games, we're going to classify them as gambling. And when you fight back, we're going to pass laws to include that as gambling. I think Belgium was one of the first. But that's just it. Self-regulation doesn't work and in most industries. So why would the highest of industries have that? Yeah, it's, it's a problem. So... It's, 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 I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because it's a very common question and I know not everyone remembers everything I say in my videos, but they are pretty much self-regulated. Um, and what else was I going to say? What, what were we talking about anyway? The, um, she oh, was... the inconsistency yeah, and all yeah. that. So I was, I was explaining why the Court of Appeals being very reluctant to overturn this and it's, they're using the general notion, which is true, that Courts of Appeal don't like to overturn findings of fact but as i demonstrated in a video last year using an example of the serafin case the polish man they do interfere in exceptional circumstances and this to me till this very day i believe is an exceptional circumstance how can you have so there are domestic a dv police officers who came on the scene, they, they reported to the building that Johnny and Amber used to live in. She didn't even call them, Her one of her friends did. And they testified multiple times since 2016, including in the trial, that she was completely injury-free. Nothing was broken in the house, as she alleged, because she alleged he destroyed everything, including her face. And they stuck to their guns, and their testimony never changed. They're removed from, you know, they're objectively removed. They're, they're not... They're not biased. They don't know either party. I mean, of course, they know Johnny Depp, but T's crossed, eyes dotted. Everything's the way it should be. Well, when when they showed up, they didn't know who she was. Yeah. They were actually very honest, and they still, you know, they didn't, they're like, we don't know who Amber Heard is. <laughs> so they didn't know that she was Johnny's wife simply because they didn't know her. I didn't know who she was until this case came around. A lot of people say that about her and about Meghan Markle, and I don't necessarily see that as a fair thing to say because no one knows us. We're not. Being famous doesn't make you more important than anyone else. Oh no, I'm I'm more saying that because because uh, that that is something I imagine she wouldn't like to hear. But absolutely, yeah, but that's a fair point. But just generally, you know, I'm sure even you agree. We don't condone like famous people are more valuable. It's just a fact. She is nowhere near Johnny's caliber. No, of course. So they didn't even know who she was. Point being, they had no reason to cover for Johnny. They didn't even know he was involved. They just said there was nothing on her face, nothing wrong with the apartment. And the judge said, not going to believe you, going to believe Amber. But Judge Nichols already had that boost to his retirement fund, allegedly, so it didn't matter. That's the problem. Once a judge has made their mind up, they will start ignoring evidence. They will start ignoring the facts. I mean, this is just how it works. And obviously... Obviously, money under the table, allegedly, is something that they'll take in. Because the more we talk about this, the more I go, okay, so who's pulling the strings? It's not the courts. Who controls the courts? Who is, well, I mean, you know, again, if only we had real investigative journalists who would look into this stuff, because I feel like the world is lacking that. We have pretended journalists mm. who uh, have been famously called urinalists. Um <laughs> You know, who want to report on the latest fad diet. 
But then the second something real happens, oh, no, 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 no. We wouldn't want the public yeah. to panic and outcry. Well, I don't know. I think the event of the internet and the fact that we have a freedom of information, which is, you know, the media's worst nightmare mm. come to fruition. I think that, you know, people can handle reality. Oh, it's their worst nightmare when it works against them. They're actually proponents of freedom of information, the media. Mm. When they want to out a company, when they want to out a person, you know what I mean? But yeah, when it's course. against them, of course, they're not going to like that. It's freedom of information so long as they can control the information, which mm-hmm. isn't freedom of information. Actually, yeah, that sounds a lot like Meghan Markle. But that's for another time. <laughs> I mean, at this rate, it's going to be another podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to try to limit these to an hour, some leeway, some leeway, but we don't want to get over the hour and a half mark as far as we can help it. If, if you guys like this, because we don't even know if this is going to take off anytime soon, but if it's successful and if you like it, it will be more lax with the timing. And we'll also try doing it live. That will be more of a problem because of where we live. And the vast majority of my audience is actually in the United States. Yeah. So there is a time issue, but I would love to do this live so we can talk to you in the chat and respond to your questions live immediately. When is, uh, say, New York time anyway? How far away are they from us? It's like 18 hours behind or something. It's pretty intense. <laughs> it's almost the whole day. Is it like, well, yeah, there's a day. But, but that's New York. And then there's LA, LA which is less, mm. less of a difference, but yeah. still a difference. Put a time zone in the comments. Let us know where you're tuning in from even if you don't want to say exactly where you're from so maybe we can make a chart figure out the best time well, to stream a, that's a good idea but also like youtube analytics is quite mm. handy with that and the bar for my u.s viewers is and i get like maybe two percent from australia where are you by the way it's like where are the fellow australians but anyways we will try our best if it means staying up Later at night, I'm usually... I mean, tell them what time I'm gone. (laughs) Okay, so Pluto's famous time for bedtime. It's as if up until 9.59, alert, awake, let's go on an adventure, ready to go anywhere. I mean, last night even you were like, hey, let's go out. I'm like, we've been out all day. I just want to play a game at home. Being boring, me. And then as soon as 10 o'clock hits... It's. Mm. It might as well be twelve o'clock for Cinderella. I'm gone. I'm just gone like a light. That's it. It's that's the hardest part about army training when I was sleep deprived. That was the hardest part. Starvation, give it to me. You know, uh, twenty four hour days, give it. To, well, that no, that that flies in the face of not enough sleep. Eighteen hour days, give it to me. You take away my sleep and I'm just gone. Like I lose my mind. I've always been like this. When I was in school and high school, my friends would make fun of me if I was up. If I remember the Windows Live or MSN Messenger MSN, days. MSN, no, all those were the days. If I was ever up past ten and I was chatting with my friends, like, isn't it past your bedtime? So yeah, I I, I don't even know why we start talking about this. Uh, because we're talking about live streaming. That's true. <laughs> I did stay up for the live stream, the one live stream that I did. Uh, that was really fun, and the time really flew by. And even though my eyes were starting to get, you know dry and really groggy and stuff it was it was still quite enjoyable so to be fair that particular sorry to cut you off to be fair that particular day because that was uh the day of johnny's judgment you probably wouldn't have been able to sleep that night either well no but i was getting sleepy on a podcast it's a a good thing that you had someone to discuss that with yeah but all this to say if there is enough interest which i guess i will garner from the number of likes we get on this podcast and the views then we will be more than happy. Well, I'll speak for myself. I mean, th- he's a night owl, but I will be more than happy mm. to stay up. Because I did. I do stay up for things that matter. I stayed up for the appeal hearing. That was all the way past midnight. So when things matter, I'm, I'm there. But 
and you matter. Yeah, of course. We wouldn't even be doing this without my subscriber base. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for the support. I always thank you guys, but it means so much to me. But yeah, so let us know and I'll stay up if, if need be. On that note, one of my favorite things about when you release a new video is that I'll wait about till about 24 hours and then I'll just do a brief uh, scroll through the comments just in case there's anything that you know you haven't seen because uh, four eyes better than two um, and the amount of positive comments you get I mean it makes me not that I'm not already proud of you but just seeing how many people love you and see how like they also see similar things than what I see, the one I think is incredible. And I know mm. that this is a compliment and you're feeling very awkward right now, like, but stop. <laughs> the sweet, com compliment the me. sweet comments. I mean, they're not even about me and they make my day. You know what I mean? They are very sweet. They're very yeah. sweet. I, I do this thing, the strategy where I look at comments sometimes immediately, but then also I give them time because I know the really bad ones get filtered because you guys are so awesome and you downvote them. So you actually single-handedly saved me from seeing the really vicious and vile comments. I used to catch them early in the day because I didn't have that big of a subscriber base. I still don't. I'm a baby channel, but in comparison, and thanks to you, you're actually shielding me from, you know, reading all those vile comments that people just love to, to leave on my videos. So the support, you know, it, it, it is not going unnoticed, and it's the only reason that I'm still even doing this because I think you can all garner how private I am and how I'm not you know I don't buy into the drama or anything so anytime something comes up like the article that was released where I was unfortunately fooled into being a part of I my first thought is I want to get out of social media I mean again Zach will tell you I'll just go straight to him and be like I don't want to do this anymore and he'll be like why and then I'll tell him the reason he's like just don't just you know power through it so it's your support that keeps me powering through it. It's your support that has brought me back to Twitter because you all know I quit for over a month. But it's, it's really difficult to just ignore the fact that all of you value the input. And it matters so much, so thank you so much. I want to touch on a couple more things. I'm not going to focus too much on it. We have a little timer, but we started it late because this is our first time and we don't know what we're doing. So it's not exactly accurate. So we still have some time. I want to touch on maybe one or two things on the case with Johnny's appeal before we talk maybe a little bit about Zach's situation. Maybe. Also, I should get you a napkin because your lips are blue. <laughs> I'm going to get him a napkin. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm, so not, I'm not used to showing off. So, so I think there's something else that we can talk about. Um, um, we'll get back because you know if this continues going then obviously and depending on how many people are interested in my case but there's something else that happened recently we should talk about after this I can talk about that I just want to also make it very clear why I sometimes keep going back to Zach's case because if it was not for that case I wouldn't have a YouTube channel that case single-handedly drove me into making videos the first video that I made was completely because of that case. It's called Dear Men, an apology. And I, I was still dressed in my, in my, basically, I guess, work clothes. I had come home from the police station that day with Zach, very disenchanted. And I made that video just to vent. So 
and then I came across Johnny's case completely by you know happenstance I, I didn't even look for it it just came to me from Brian's channel incredibly average shout out to Brian he's incredible well he's you are not incredibly average <laughs> and that's kind of why I, I talk about your case because it is the link the main link that brought me to YouTube. If it wasn't for the way things conspired, then we wouldn't be sitting here today no. talking to a wonderful audience who appreciate all the work you do. Um, Basically, if we got our way and we didn't, and we won, or I should say you, because I was not a party to the, to the case, if Zach got his way and justice was served, I wouldn't have a YouTube channel. I probably I wouldn't even have come across Johnny's case, by the way. Mm. So, because, uh, spoiler alert, um, male victims are underrepresented in Australia as well. Almost like our papa country, the UK. And one more topic, one more point about the appeal that I will talk about. And don't forget, I will be making a comprehensive video in my usual format, which will be out at some point next week. She or, can't or rush them. She puts a lot of work into them, like hours and hours that <clears throat> she wouldn't otherwise admit. And so I'm here to tell you that if a video takes a little bit longer to come out, it's because she's a perfectionist. I'm not a perfectionist. Well, okay. I mean that in an I'm endearing really term. I'm really not. I'm okay. not. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you can bleep that out then. Uh, you are, uh, I guess, uh, it, good at quality assurance. I, fair what, enough. What's a way I can no, say? No, no, fair enough. I'm really not a perfectionist. He's, I mean, it's funny. You're more, OC, he's OCD. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I, there's a point where I know I can step back and go, okay, this is as good as it's going to get. It's going to go out now. Meanwhile, I spend way too long trying to make these microphones symmetrical yeah. on the table. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's the crazy person here. <laughs> Anyways. Another final point I want to talk about is how the Court of Appeals said that Amber Heard's credibility was a marginal issue. And Mr. Justice Nickel focused on contemporaneous evidence to make his findings, not her credibility. So basically, he found for NGN because he focused on the evidence, not whether she was a credible person or not which is ludicrous to me as a lawyer because this is the same judge who said, I will believe her because she is giving testimony under oath. So oh, now they're was... saying, oh no, but he, her credibility doesn't even matter because this is in relation to, um, so they had a, an application to appeal mm -hmm. and then they also, Johnny also wanted to um, apply to introduce new evidence, which is very rare in appeal cases, mm -hmm. which you, we talked about because yes, we, we also appealed. Yeah. So his new evidence was she lied about donating to charity. I think I've told you about this. And um, she said, I donated $7 million. He paid her $7 million in divorce in a divorce settlement. Mm -hmm. And she has maintained for four years that she donated every single cent already. And then they got pure, cold, hard evidence that she didn't. That doesn't surprise me at all because so, I get doubt that the royalties from what little movies she's been in, the only movie I can pull at the top of my head is Aquaman and I'm not watching that for obvious reasons now. So, but it's like, no, no, she's not, she's not of the same status as Johnny. She doesn't like 7 million isn't just chump change for mm. her. So, you know, especially if, I mean, cause I'm hoping there are some decent movie studios out there that are, will look at this have been following this and be like, you know what? I don't really want to hire her anymore. I hope so. I hope so. And if that's the case, then, and if she knows that, she knows that her reputation's tarnished, mm. regardless of what Judge Nichols thinks, 
um, then she'll be penny pinching to the day she dies if she continues this way. Um, so there's no way she was giving that money to charity, especially she if didn't. she was, yeah, it's no way. proof. And now, and now, and, the, and so that's why Johnny wanted to introduce this evidence for two reasons. Number one, because Mr. Justice Nickel expressly alluded to it. He mentioned it as a counter argument to Johnny's argument that she's a gold digger. So he said, how can she be a gold digger? She donated money. <laughs> so <laughs> he doesn't really laugh like that. That was a weird sound that he produced. I'm sorry. I just, uh, it <laughs> was an adverse, adverse reaction to absolute and utter bullshit. Yeah. Gosh. And, but the second reason, of course, her credibility. Hey, look, she's a liar. Don't believe her. Don't, if she lied about this, what else could she be lying about? So that's why they said, yeah, but her credibility doesn't matter. The evidence proves that NGN published allegations that were substantially true. It's not Amber Heard's credibility that proved it. It's the evidence. Uh, and there's Judge Nichols counting his cash like, I'm sorry, did you say something? Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's mind-boggling. It's, <sighs> you're going to hear more of this in a more an- analytical way, but it's, it's just ludicrous. I sat there once again just going, I mean, is it any wonder I never wanted to be a lawyer? Is it any wonder that I'm branching out and I joined the military to run away from this profession? It is... Corrupt AF. So what can a man do if he wants to defend himself in this situation in the future? Because this is sending a message to all men. You will not be heard. Yeah. You. So what does a man do? Because we're moving away from a, a place where DV is normed. That was there was a time when that was the norm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we still have a few cases of it here. Well, in some areas of the world, third world countries, absolutely. it is the norm. Yeah, and we still have, uh, I believe, uh, well, I won't specify exactly where because I don't remember the exact statistics, but there are there are parts of the country which DV is still a normal thing. Mm. And you will find advertisements for that everywhere. Oh, but yeah. if we want to move away from DV, then we need to make sure that men are heard. Mm-hmm. So if men aren't heard... And they can't defend themselves. Mm. Basically, are we telling men that you have to sit there and take it? And the problem is, like, even you you brought up those DV ads, which I know exactly what he's talking about. They're on the bus stops and everything. And it's always a woman who's the victim. Always. That's just how it's portrayed. And now people might come back at me and say, oh, yeah, because women are the, I guess there are more female victims than men. I'm not going to dispute that. And you would be right. That's true. I'm not going to dispute that. However, I will also make note, and this is backed up by the police officers that we dealt with for Zach's case, men don't come forward to complain about being victims. They feel ashamed. They feel as though they're emasculated by being taken over and mistreated in that way physically by a woman. So they don't even report. So even if you look at statistics, they're not accurate because men are not speaking up. And Johnny is one of those men because guess what? Why didn't he go to the police every time she laid a finger on him? He would have had proof, a timeline, a chronology of all the reports he would have put in. They probably would have taken photographs. You guys know how his bodyguards would routinely take photographs. He would he has physical photographic evidence of his bruises. Yeah, but he's a man, so it doesn't matter. He should it's, have bruises because he has something between his legs. But he didn't go to the police. That's the problem. And the judge is like, yeah, well, your bodyguards took those photos. You know, basically implying that... The, he, didn't, he didn't imply, sorry. He basically said flat out, Mr. Justice Nickel, that Johnny's staff are loyal to him and they would condone him 
mistreating his wife like that. That's what it was. That's what it was. Allegedly. So I'll say allegedly as much as you want, but at well, the end of the you, day... You don't have to say allegedly. Like it's, it's something lay people say a lot. YouTubers say it a lot. I have no evidence, but but, it, but it, is it not obvious? I'm sure, I'm sure it's obvious to every one of your viewers. To ignore such astounding pieces of evidence and just because he's a man. I mean... But I his mean, mistake was not... What I'm trying to say is men have to come forward. You have to stop being ashamed. If a woman, your partner, your sister, your best friend, I don't know what, con what you know, the nature... And usually it's partners, let's face it. Even your own mother. It your doesn't mother, matter who it is. If you are being mistreated, and you know exactly what I mean by that word, it's a euphemism, you have to come forward because that is the only way this will change. People need to stop saying men are rarely victimized in that way. This never happens to men. It overwhelmingly happens to women. It does happen to men way more than any of us think. Guess what? When we met, we were very young. Or no, I mean, we're still young, but we were like barely adults in our very early 20s. And I didn't ever even think about the notion that a man can be victimized by a woman. It never even occurred to me that it was a possibility. And I don't know if it's because I grew up with, you know, I, I have two brothers who I love to death and they're so strong. And then I went to the army and I'm surrounded by these strong men. And it just always reinforced this notion that, you know, men are impenetrable, you know, which is wrong. But I was a kid. And when I met Zach, still relatively very young kids, not not children, mind no, you. We're not, not high school. We're not high school sweethearts. I'm talking yeah. very early twenties. We, he opened up my eyes to it, not knowing. He just told me his experience. He didn't think. He didn't. His intention. Your intention wasn't to educate me. <laughs> no. He was literally just telling me I what just, happened. I just, you know, I felt that um, I wanted to tell you, you know, the crucial bits of my life, and I was, I actually didn't tell you like at first because I didn't want to be like. Hi, my name's Actually, Zach. I've been a victim yeah, of SA. That's what, that's what I want to say. He didn't. He wouldn't have told me. He was. Ashamed. I don't know if you were ashamed. He didn't tell me. He only told me when he stormed off when his roommate brought up her name because he has PTSD. When anyone says her name, this woman, the defendant in our case, he he has such a guttural negative reaction. And I remember being so shocked by the way because he just walked off. He stormed off and he slammed the door in his bedroom, and I was very taken aback. Because I was like, what, all this because of some unrequited crush this woman has on you? Like, I thought it was an unrequited crush. Oh, and uh, let's not forget that, you know, not only did, were my roommates at the time more than happy to talk about something that I found traumatic, uh, one of those roommates being the, per the same person who told me it was also my fault that I experienced SA, uh, but also... The same people who would openly let her into the house where she would sit at the lounges across from my bedroom door hoping I would come out and I would have to lock myself up in my room for long periods of time because I didn't even want to see her face. Yeah, and, and by the way, this is all backed up by people who were her best friends at the time. Now, she is a danger to society. So they've basically, through their own experiences with her, have cut her off and they're, you know... On our, we're friends with them now, and they've told us how she would say, "I'm going to go sit there until I can see him." So this is not just his understanding of what was going on; 
we have the backstory where she would announce, I'm going to go and hopefully I'll catch a glimpse of him. And then when it didn't happen, she'd come home and or call up her friend and say, oh my God, he's, you know, he's blocking me out. He won't let me in. So, and, and again, for context, they never dated. They were never together. So it is different from Johnny and Amber in that way. He never let her in. So it was uh, this obsessed, unrequited love stalkerish kind of case going on. So anyways, all this to say, you didn't even tell me until I came after him. I went to the bedroom, knocked on the door, and I was like, what's wrong with you? What? They, they, they were just telling me about this stupid chick who has a stupid crush on you. And then he said, you, you don't even know the half of it. And he was very, I remember you were very reluctant to tell me. It wasn't like he just sat there and told me. It was like, it was painful. I kept trying to get information out of him. And then what? And then what? What do you mean? And he would just pause and he, he looked like he was going to be sick. Because I feel like that was the first time you ever had to relive it. It was like less than a year since it happened. But well, was that the first time you had to relive it? Yeah, pretty much. Because I remember I would have told my, uh, my childhood best friend who I see. Uh, I'm not sure if he's happy with me sharing his name on camera. So yeah, I won't no, say we'll, his name. We'll but um, I probably would have told him as well. well as he was well there as for one of the incidents. He was there for one of the incidents. Uh, that's right. There are multiple incidents. Uh, and uh, he... Um, uh, there was also, you know, the uh, one thirteen years my senior who was. You told him immediately. Though. I told him I'm immediately. About reliving it. Later. Reliving it. Yeah, it was the first time I would have told those two almost immediately after. Yeah. And I, it was the first time because that's the way I felt as a man. That okay, I there's no one who will help me with this. I have to bury it, and so I buried it as deep as I could. And but how do you bury it when people keep shoving it in your face when people keep allowing that person to stalk you yeah because that's the thing the group of friends i had at the time allowed her to continue stalking they turned a blind eye they pretended it wasn't happening because she's a woman so she can get away with whatever she wants i mean there was like the straw that broke the camel's back was her sniffing zach's uh, mail yeah yeah. I, yeah, you heard us right. So yeah. he wasn't home. You were at work. You want to tell I, the story? I was. Uh, I came home from work and I found a letter. This was before my time. I, we didn't know each other. I came home from work and I found a letter on the on the coffee table out the front of uh, you know there was a lounge room out the front of my bedroom, um, and I there were two lounge rooms by the way. In case anyone's like, well, was that where everyone was hanging out? No, no, no. People hung out in the second lounge room and the backyard. So if she was stalking me in the front of my bedroom. Uh, well, it was the empty room. I can vouch for that. By the time I came into the picture, no one hung out in that front living room. They call they say they call it a lounge room. It was always everything was happening in the back, and him and I would play Halo in the front. And no one ever used it. It's not like they didn't use the room because we were playing Halo. It was just ignored. It was all of your furniture and your TV anyway. So yeah. there was no reason for her to be there. So when. I came home, there was the letter on that coffee table, and I noticed it had a pubic hair on it. What well, looks like a pubic hair. I was baffled. I was like, you know, hey, roommates, uh, why is there a hair on this? And anyway, uh, they came over and proceeded to tell me the story about how they let the stalker into the house while I wasn't there, um, apparently to hang out with them, but instead... The soccer decided to 
see the letter for me on the table and sniff it. A letter I haven't even touched yet. So she decided to sniff Wasn't it. Wasn't she inhaling it? Inhaling yeah. it. It, 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 was, it, was, it was described to me by the roommate who caught her and he said she was just inhaling it like for dear life. And so he saw that, grabbed the envelope and shoved it down the back of his pants. And so he wiped his ass with it. Basically, and said, you know, here, you want to smell it? I'll give you something to smell. And then... And he said, get out. Get out. As well as one of the other roommates there who... Um, witnessed Who witnessed at least the argument. And so that's what it took for her to be removed from the house. And then she was kind of allowed a few oh, no, months later. Let's, let's be fair. I, I believe she was permanently banned from the house up until that point. Yeah. I mean, sorry, up from that point. I do believe that was it for the roommates. That's when they saw the crazy... Which, I wasn't there, so I can't say whether it's fair for them to see the crazy then and not before. They saw it. It was just, it was tucked under the rug because she's a woman and she can get away with whatever she wants. I mean, at one point, right after Zach's court case, when he took her to court, we went to that roommate to tell him what happened. And he said, at one point, we all told her to get help, you know, therapy, counseling, or we'll all just stop talking to her. That's how bad it was. She is very mentally ill, but not in a way why, where she's not held responsible for her actions. No, it's um, we have a couple of psychologists and both of them agree on a borderline personality disorder diagnosis with hints of narcissism and even antisocial, which is psychopath. But we're not psychologists. I'm not gonna, I'm basing this off professional assessments. So it's, cause everyone's been asked, everyone just, even the police officers, finally when, when she came after us this time in 2019 and he finally went to the police, they of course asked him, why didn't you come way back when the SA happened? And your response was? Well, I was told it was my fault. And so he was, he was very young and he went to someone much older, much older. We're talking again, 13, 14 years for guidance. And he told him this was all on you. You're the idiot. You put yourself in that situation and being so young and being told that. And of course, was there that general belief of I'm a man, no one's going to believe me? Uh, Well, it's kind of ingrained. It's always that matter of people won't think that Everyone was so concerned with burying all of her misdeeds mm. that there was, it was that feeling of not a single one of these people would back me up. None she was them. surrounded by enablers. These people like her, those narcissists, they surround themselves with yes people, people who will do their bidding, people who will enable them. I don't have to explain what enabling is. And Zach was the only person who didn't give her what she wanted and... It drove her crazy. That's what did it. I would say this. I have this scenario in my head. I've been thinking about it for a while of another man in my situation. Let's pretend that he, uh, like you, goes to the gym every day. Mm. And and let's pretend that he also, he builds massive muscle. So he's like a muscly guy. He's Mm. not quite Arnold Schwarzenegger, but almost there. Mm. And let's say he has a a girlfriend. Mm. And she's quite short and, you know, quite... Let's just say anorexic, okay. um, because that seems to be the the popular thing these days. Very thin. Um, so then, let's say they're in an argument and she starts hitting him. Now, she 
you know, hits him pretty hard and continues to hit him. And she's not slapping him. Let's let's pretend that she's, you know, let's pretend it's... She's going, she's going at him. Let's pretend let's, it's Stevie. Let, DV, like, yeah, full on. And then, yeah. let, let, then let's pretend because this is a... This well, is, slapping is also DV, but I get what you're saying. It's like a high level. This is, a, a, you know, a, a cliche that is a cliche for a reason. Let's pretend that she also destroys all of his stuff. Let's pretend that she destroys his TV and... It just breaks all of his stuff. Vandalizes right? his car. That's Van- a very common everything. One. Let's pretend she does all of that. And this guy, all he can do is sit there and let it happen. He can't. He wouldn't dare lay a finger on her because if he does that, then suddenly everything she does is forgiven. And we're not... I mean, you're not condoning him hitting her back. It's no. even pinning her down. Like, stop, stop. Because no. even that's enough. For a woman to go off to the police and say he laid a finger on me. Remember, he's self-defense. Na- he's naturally strong. She's naturally weak. Well, I wouldn't say naturally, but she hasn't built a, a an inch of muscle in her entire life, and so she will bruise. Even if she, let's say, she bruises easily, one touch, mm. and that's it. She'll run to the police, and the police will believe everything she says. And yeah, so have- so you, what do you do? You you one, you take matters into your own hands, and you're guilty. Two. You go to the police and have it thrown out in court, regardless of the fact that you have a vandalized car, TV, and all of that evidence. Or three, you sit there and take it and just go, well, I can't do anything. By the way, this is purely hypothetical. His property was not damaged. No, of course not. Yeah. I've never I've never dated anyone And they were not like dating. That. They were no. not dating. Well, and no, that, was... that is actually the crux of her problem. That's what drove her insane. Please date me for one month <laughs> so I can get you out of my system. Oh my gosh. Quote, the defendant. Yeah. Yeah. That. Anyway, so that uh, complete hypothetical situation. How does a man resolve this? He is super macho. He is super muscly. He's got, he's got, he even has a really deep voice. How does he defend himself against someone? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how tall or short, how wide or thin you are. Everyone's capable of damage. And the problem is, if they're in a relationship, he ha- you presume he has nowhere else to go. Let's say he walks out, because Johnny would leave all the time. And that was her complaint. Like, stop splitting. She called splitting. She never said stop hitting. Stop splitting. No. And um, he still got this outcome that we're discussing here yep. today, because he left. So even if a man leaves, like Johnny has, somehow he's still implicated. Yep. It's like there is no way out. And that's why I have... This isn't even about this is happening to people I love and that's why I care. It's just wrong. It took someone I love for it to open my, you know, to, to open my eyes to the situation. But now that I know it's a reality that men suffer all over the world from this concept of they are always, they, they can never be victims. Now that I know this is a problem that exists, it's not just about, oh, I have brothers I love. I have, you know, a partner I love. No, it's it's for all men. This is wrong. And I said in my Dear Men video that we live in a man's world, which I said from my perspective. I'm not saying that's a true viewpoint of the world. I, I do see that the world is more, I don't want to get political, but there is kind of a patriarchal structure, but that doesn't mean that men have it all. I don't want my words to be misinterpreted as she says we live in a man's world, therefore it's all going to go a man's way. I have been very much influenced by my profession in the military where there is sexism. It's very real in in the sense that women are 
viewed as weaker and if we're injured they think we're faking it and if we're injured they kick us out whereas they hold on to the men so i think i even came at it from that point of view where it's a man's world because honestly i work in a man's world but that is not to say that men have it all i just wanted to make that clear if we're going to strive for inequality in this world because one thing that i'm sure most people can agree on is that uh, women's rights is something that's important and something that we should all be striving for. But if we're going to strive for that inequality, I know you mean that we're going to strive for equality. Strive, sorry, if we're going to strive for that equality, yeah. then it should be equality. It shouldn't be to put women above men. Yes, it should be to draw it down the line. So if you come at us with, say, the pay gap, right? Then we should be doing something about that's that. It's a fair enough concern. And it's a fair enough concern. Yeah. Then when I turn it around and say, well, men suffer from DV and SA, from the hands of women. They deserve protection just as much as women do. And I'm it, the thing is that whichever side of the cause you fall on, whether you're a man or a woman, it should be the case that, and it probably would be the case, that let's say that we fix the pay gap tomorrow, right? Mm. And it didn't harm any man in any way, shape, or form. I think that us striving for that equality would actually inspire some women to go, okay, well, let's continue along the lines of equality. And then when equality isn't shown the other way around, they would fight for it. Mm. So I don't even think we should be picking sides. I think that there should be a, a consensus of equality um, and that it, we shouldn't be going, okay, but it's only women's rights. It's not. It's inequality human on rights. both sides yeah. it's human, human rights. rights we are humans at the end of the day because yeah. if we're going to fight over gender then wants to stop us from fighting over race and if we're going to fight over race then wants to stop us from fighting over something more stupid i mean i think there you know correct me if i'm wrong but there are parts of the world where they fight over shades of skin not even entire entire colors of skin yeah if we want to progress as a society if we want to progress as a society, we need to recognize the inequality on both sides and take action against it. I'm not sure what that action is, but it's something that we should be discussing instead of going, well, it's only this side and we only need yeah. to fight for this I, side. I genuinely, I 100% agree. It's all about finding where the, where the, the gaps are, where things aren't being addressed, regardless of gender, and fix them. So... Fix areas where women aren't being treated fairly and equally and fix areas where men aren't being treated fairly and equally. And the number one area is the justice system. It is letting down men every single day. And I have one sitting here, flesh and blood, talking to you guys. So it's not even just some, you know, distant celebrity or some person you hear about in the news. Living and breathing example of how it's been almost a decade. He was actually a kid when he met this girl and it's been almost 10 years that she, we're still suffering from her stalking us, by the way. But of course, it's online now because, you know, taking her to court and getting a restraining order against her and having the police knock on her door once, I think it was a week, once every fortnight to check that she was abiding by it. That obviously had, you know, some kind of effect on her. But the online stalking just yesterday, it's still happening. And we can never, I've been dragged into it. I don't even know this chick. I've never, if were it not for being with Zach, I would never have come across her. We lived in entirely separate spheres of the world. I'm not even talking just geographically, just we would never have crossed paths. We're the same age, but we would never 
have known each other. And now I'm a victim of her as well. I have to put up with her making me incredibly uncomfortable. I don't feel safe. Do you feel safe? I never felt safe because I know that if she does something that there will be people running to her defense, not because they know she's right, but just because, oh, I knew her when I was in school. Oh, yeah. no, she's a woman. So, you know, I'm, uh, oh, I, I had, he lost the list. friends. I was, I witnessed this. He lost friends. Cause they said, friends. you didn't have to go to the police. You've, friends. you've went over, you've gone over the line, dude. Don't go to the police. Why'd you involve the police? And you know what? I am better off for having those people out of my life because they weren't my friends. They didn't care for my safety or well-being. I was just, I don't know. What was I to them? What, what, if I wasn't benefiting them, because that's all that a relationship with a female was to them, a potential lay and that's it. Oh, okay. Well, you know, how dare you? ruin my potential lay is that is that why they maybe sided with her i don't know and i'll never know and i don't want to know but i know they're not my friends and that's all i need to know good riddance and let us know if you want to i mean honestly i do because it's the case that started everything for me i think i am gonna share it in more detail with everyone i'm I, i don't necessarily want to put it up for let us know if you're interested because it's so important to link to, I guess, establish kind of this journey map to how I got to Johnny. Because honestly, if it wasn't for this experience, it never would have happened. And then also, Zach's going to be my co-host in this podcast for the foreseeable future. And it's it's an integral part. It's something that happened to him. And then when I came into the picture, when we met, it happened to us. And most importantly, I have a list of tips and advice for everyone from a legal standpoint, and also from just a behavioral standpoint, don't commit the mistakes we did. Because at the end of the day, I'm not a criminal lawyer. I did dabble in this case. I was very heavily involved and it was a learning uh, experience for me. Absolutely. I'm still very early in my career, but this case taught me far more than I learned in law school. And I have so many tips and advice, not just for men, but for anyone out there. If you're ever victimized by someone, what you should do from the very beginning to avoid the outcome that we've had. Because I really don't want this happening to anyone else out there. I think that it's the most important thing is that out of this, we have spread awareness for not only, you know, us in understanding what happened with Johnny's case, but for all of you, because now the people watching this and the people that watch Pluto's videos, just so we're not referring yeah, to he you as your obviously, name. He doesn't call me Pluto in real life. Um, <laughs> it, it's really weird to, I mean, uh, sorry, no, what was I saying? I wasn't saying it. No, I was saying that was weird. Um, we are not just uh, a presenter and an audience. We are a community of people who are aware of an issue and, just because we don't know what we can do to fix this doesn't mean that we can't figure it out together. We've got, you know, so much covered in, you've been at this for almost a year, almost a year. But I think that when the next case comes up, because there'll be another one, there'll be another woman who thinks she's going to drag a guy through the mud simply because she doesn't have something between her legs. And there will be this community and other communities and other supporters who think to themselves, I don't want to see this again. Mm. And we can not only spread the awareness, maybe we can even reach them, but amongst our communities, our friends, because 
even just the other day, I had someone posting about DV and SA um, in favor of females. And he was a guy. And he thought he was doing the right thing. He what thought, do you mean in favor of females? Basically saying, guy, you know, check your friends or something like oh, that. Oh, fair enough. And basically check oh, it. Oh, it's that toxic it. masculinity thing. Yeah, which, yeah. you know, again, you know, it's an issue that needs to be solved. But... Females should be told the same thing. Females should be told. It's just not about men. It's not. It's yeah. a. It's about both. Yeah, it's about humans. Because because we're flawed. We're animals, and we sometimes some of us have urges and, and instincts that we should not be acting on, and it has nothing to do with your gender. This again is living proof. It's not enough to go. Oh, say let's assume again. I'm hypothetical statistic. Let's assume one in ten. One in ten. Uh, essays were women right against adult men because obviously pedophiles are a different um a different can of worms one in, if we said one in ten people in the world die of starvation are we going to just settle for that or do we go that's not right we need to do something about that because i i think the only the only acceptable statistic is zero yeah zero percent zero out of ten mm-hmm. uh and until we've reached that or at least reached a a maintainable number where we can keep getting lower and have targets projected to stop this from happening by spreading awareness amongst our communities. Um, until we've reached that, there's always something we can do. There's always, you know, we're doing our part here, you know, almost. Um, Pluto, with with her channel and whatever I can do to help her channel and also you know, being on this podcast to spread that awareness also to have a good time and to have fun, even though the mood's been a bit somber because of the topic, but everyone can do something. And even if you haven't figured it out, try and figure it out. You don't have to do it right now, but there's something that all of us can do to stop someone from being mistreated in some way, shape or form in the future. So, uh, you know, if we're going to check our mates, why don't we check our lady friends? Check out girls, as you know, you would say. Yeah. Because the people we think are capable of these things and the people that are, not everyone's a great judge of character. Mm-hmm. We should assume anyone can do anything. Well, the other, like a few, a couple of years ago, we were uh, driving past and we saw his stalker on the street and he said, if you look at her, you would never think that much evil can exist in yeah. that vessel. Yeah. I don't even want to call her human because she's reptilian. <laughs> Doesn't feel that way at all. Yeah. It's, 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 I remember him saying that. It's just this disarming, you know, it's, it's, it's a small, fragile woman, I suppose, that people just cannot fathom the evil, the pure, predatory evil that can come out of someone like that. People live their entire lives like that. They're just trying to take advantage of other people. And unfortunately naive people like me who just want to kind of live their lives and you see the good in everyone that's uh, that's, that that was the problem and sometimes i would i would put good in there that wasn't there i would be like yeah but they've got this and this is a good enough quality and it, it was always trying to see because i would hope that people do the same for me but that's not how the world is and that's the sort of people that these predators target people who we call it naive but unfortunately it's just you want to see good in the world everyone naturally wants to see something good in the world because if all we saw was misery then what's the point of being here so you know it's um it's tough it really is all right i think um we're gonna start wrapping it up because of the time yeah 
on a lighter note, yesterday I got some good news. Oh, yes. That I did share on Twitter as well, which is uh, Michael Jackson's nephew, Todd Jackson, actually talked about me briefly in a podcast, not podcast, I keep saying that, in a live stream on the 23rd of March. He brought me up. I thought someone asked him about me. He said, oh, yeah, I know about her. But he actually brought me up um, off his own accord and talked about the videos I've made about Michael with the Chandler accusations. And he said the most beautiful words. And it really touched me because it was coming straight from Michael's family. And I could never in a million years have ever contemplated getting that kind of acknowledgement and you know telling people to go support me and encourage you know he, he's so supportive and he said i inspired him just to, to hear michael jackson's nephew say that i i can't even put into words and you all know i know not all of you agree with me i've actually lost a couple of patrons over my support of michael i wholeheartedly 100 irrefutably irrefutably believe in his innocence and so to hear that from his nephew was a very big deal to me. And I thought I'd try to end this on a lighter note because it made my day. And getting that sort of acknowledgement is also another thing that would keep me going because I did get a lot of hate. And Taj mentioned that in his live stream. It's anyone who stands up for Michael puts themselves in a line of fire. And I will do that gladly for anyone, not just Michael. So thank you, Taj. Thank you for everyone who's subscribed to me or found me through Taj and I'm so so honored so honored so that's it I think I think that <laughs> that'll do for this time and so we're gonna try to make this this is a weekly thing we will try and do this weekly we will, yeah, yeah we're, gonna, we're gonna commit to a weekly schedule do you think you can fit me in fit me in like this time every week yeah is that all right <laughs> yeah I think it'll be fine yeah weekly schedule I hope you guys like this more relaxed kind of setup and um I hope you feel as though you were sitting right here with us and we'll talk soon. Cool. Right. See you next time. Bye.